Blog Talk Radio. This is the year of the soldier. This is, you know, stand up or, or fall back. You know, I don't really have time to be worried about whether you fuck with me or whether you don't. You know, I, I own a brand called Zero Fucks. So like, do you think that I give a fuck whether you fuck with me or not? I fuck with you. We have a million other things that we could be talking about we could be doing. And right now, I think that my duty is to other human beings. You don't gotta fuck with me, I fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? These people that buy my brand, they fucks with me. You think that I see because if you're in such pain that you see, you, you think that everybody sees how much in pain you are. Because I'm, I'm coming out a little bit stronger this year. Like I'm guillotining everybody. People that are coming to me to help, healing, they don't not They literally get right here. All right, y'all, I am here, and so I I definitely could not do my Tell the Truth Tuesday um, show yesterday because I just was in such a great place that I just wanted to stay in that moment as long as I could. Um, so the show is called 222. So I know I talk a lot about the spiritual stuff on my church show, which is on Sundays, and mm, drink of my espresso and it's difficult for me to try to talk about my journey without giving away context clues to my book black girls book of shadows which will be coming out when i'm able to get it out and so what ends up happening is is that i try to give you guys some of the formula and the way that i was able to start coming into paying attention to certain things and spirituality and just being blessed and just being happy without coming across as if I don't see my shadow side every day because I do. So yesterday was an awesome day because of the fact. So so prior to this, about the last like week or so, every receipt, every bill, every grand total had the number 222 or four twos in advance. So you know that angel numbers are an excellent way that sometimes our ancestors or what you call angels, ancestors, whatever you call them, are able to communicate with us. So, like, for example, people think that when they see 666 that that always means the devil. No, it actually has a divinitive meaning um, that has nothing to do with the devil. So just like for my mother, for example, I see a certain series of four numbers, and I know that that's her, and it's usually coming right after I ask a question, like a pivotal question, these four numbers will pop up, okay? So it rules a lot of the things that I do and the decisions that I make, just knowing that my ancestors are walking in alignment with what I'm doing. Because trust and believe me, when they're not, they're going to fuck you up, okay? <laughs> they're going to they're gonna fuck you up. They're going to take the brakes on your car. They're going to freeze bank accounts. They're going to do whatever the fuck they need to do to make you understand that whatever decision it is that you were going to make or you thought about making, that that's not the path that you should be taking. So for the last, like, week or so, I've been seeing the number 222. 
And I'm pretty much versed in the, the angel numbers and things like that. So I knew that something transformative, something cooperative, and something that I had manifested is coming true. And I told y'all, like, when you start walking in alignments, your manifestations don't take a year anymore. They don't, they don't take 90 days. All you have to do is put it in your mind that this is, and I'm not talking about like some mythical, magical shit because y'all are like, yeah, right. No. Dick Gregory, before he passed away, when he had got his cancer diagnosis, had said something to the effect of, you know, kind of similar in manifestation where he says, listen, he said, when I found out that I had cancer, he said, I didn't want to tell my wife because I didn't want them you know, repeating this, regurgitating this information. And he was like, because I'm not dying no time soon. Dick Gregory said this. He said, I'm not dying no time soon. He said, you think I'm going to die and let my wife's ex-boyfriend come and get some of that pussy? This man is like in his 70s at the time. And he says, no, I'm not going nowhere. And he says, it's just like, he said, you know, if you want to go to Paris, and this is the example he used, he said, if you want to go to Paris and you make it up in your mind that you can't get to Paris because there's all these obstacles. Oh, I can't get to Paris. I don't have the money. I don't have this. I don't have that. He said, you just told a million cells in your body, plus you just told the universe, that's always listening, and your ancestors that you can't get to Paris, right? He said, so guess what? You're probably not going to go to Paris. But if you make it up in your mind that this is something that you're going to do, the universe kind of, especially if it's for you, the universe will shift and make that happen. So I've been seeing the number 222, and you're, you guys, you know what, I was going to read what it means, but I want you guys to do the research. Because another thing is, is a lot of you guys rely upon your spiritual information and you don't want to do the research your goddamn self. I am a different whole human being than you. That means that my messages are going to come a different way than yours are. So if you want to know what 222 means, you look it up and you tell me. But what I can tell you is that certain things are in alignment, okay? So I knew that something that I had manifested was coming true. I have been diligently working towards a goal, something that I wanted to do, which I've learned a long time ago, not to broadcast what I'm fit to do or what I'm finna do or what I might do because of the fact that there are people that do not fuck with you that will make sure that just by them even omitting negative energy towards you, it you know what I mean? Like now you have 100 people that are wishing that you don't get that car or you don't get that job. All that pray for me, y'all, that I get the position. Yeah, you might have on a post of 100 people, 10 people that really give a damn enough to pray for your success. The other, maybe 50 of them, they don't care. And then you have the other, what, 40 that are going to be like, man, fuck that bitch. She don't deserve nothing. I remember in the fourth grade, she spit on me. Something crazy, right? So that was happening to me all week where I kept seeing the numbers, 222. So I knew something was coming. There was a full moon. Now, listen, one thing about me, I don't need the full moon to function. It functions for me, but I don't need a new moon, a full moon to sit and be setting my intentions. Just for new people that are into that type of genre, we'll say that, um, it makes it more powerful maybe for you, but I'm powerful every day. So I don't need a full moon or a new moon to to manifest what I'm trying to do every single day in my life <clears throat> because I'm walking the way I'm supposed to be walking by myself, doing what I need to do. So it leads up to this um, whole situation. 
So I had to get my hair done yesterday, which is usually a trying time for me because I hate getting my hair done. So, yes, all this hair on my head is mine. And then what ends up happening is is that I'm tender-headed. I hate combing my hair. So the reason that my hair grows back so quick is because I don't fuck with it. I don't bother with it. I just wash it. I put the conditioner in it, and I just let it dry and do whatever it does. If it curls, it curls. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's the life of a natural curly-headed girl. doesn't matter what hair type she has, 3C, 4C, it doesn't matter. So I'm dreading going to the hair hair salon because of the fact I know it's a four or five hour bid, okay? My girl Chrissy, she does an excellent job. My roots were like three inches long with gray and silver and, you know, my natural hair color is reddish brown. So I get in there, we're having a good time, we're talking, everything is great. She's able to comb through my hair, get the color done, seemingly no pain to me in my scalp, So I feel good, right? So I understand why a lot of y'all get y'all hair done every week or every two weeks. I just don't have the time. I'd rather sleep because I don't sleep, right? So I get my hair done, feeling good, taking pictures, looking great, feeling great. So after I leave there. Now, the day before, Monday night, I get tagged in a post by my girl, Sarah. She's, she's, if I was a white person, she would be the equivalent of me if I was white. So although she looks very dark and very, you know, whatever, we really are the same person, and she's also a moon child. She's also a cancer. So we, 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 very, we vibe very well. So I had bought this book called Farming While Black uh, towards the beginning of the summer, so like June, July-ish, right? And I remember calling around. I, I found it online, just like some weird, like I was just, you know, interested in some shit, and it was just some weird thing that, and I just was like, oh, you know, well, let me see, because I have a little bit of land. I said, let me, you know, see what I can do, because I, I think something about, like, I wanted to go back on plant-based diet because I was a vegetarian for probably 20 years and only ate meat just to cure my, not cure my anemia, but just to make sure that, you know, I wasn't out here taking iron pills, jacking out my stomach. So, I thought about going back on plant-based and just what could I do to plant some things on a little bit of land that I have, you know, a little tenth of an acre or whatever. So I found this book, Farming While Black. So I read because I have all the stuff because I'm a partner with Amazon. So I'm reading like the first 10 pages that they give you on Kindle, and I'm hooked. Now I have to find a book and and buy it, right, because I love books. I love actual books. I'm not really a Kindle person, you know. So... I, my son had a tournament that Saturday. I jump in the car, I take him to the tournament, we leave there, we go to Barnes & Nobles, we get the book. I can't find the book. So the lady says, oh, my God, this is the last copy. We we're actually getting ready to send it back to her on Monday because if you don't sell your books, they send them back to you after so long. I bought the last copy. This is back in June, July. And I posted it all over my page at miss.d.scott when I bought the book. I was so excited. Read the book cover to cover. I literally had to cover my mouth when I was done because I was just like, oh, my God, right? Because it's just, it's, she goes into, it's such a good book. She goes into all the programs that are available, the fact that less than 2% of farmers in the United States are black. So just imagine how many of them are black women. That's like 0.001%, and she's one of them. So I'm all about the unicorn. I'm all about the black unicorn, Okay. So she owns Soul Fire Farm, which is in further upstate New York. So it's about five hours from where I'm at, which is I'm by the Canadian border. So she's five hours away. So I had already had it in my mind that I wanted to go up there and, you know, and, and visit the farm and just see what's going on. 
I want to be more involved. I want to be more sustainable, you know, with people affecting our food. And now we're finding out that there's all these steroids being put into the chickens and the cows are dying. And just every time you turn around, there's a recall on some type of meat or some type of food. When if you would have grown it yourself, even if it, you know how much money I spend on lettuce, kale, tomatoes, like cucumbers. I have my friends, my white friends at work, Sarah being one of them, bring me fresh fruit and vegetables because they're growing it on their own patches of land, right? So why are we as black people not being able to sustain? And even when you live in an urban community, if you have a patch of grass, a patch of land, you could grow something, even if it's just your own herbs, mint, basil, thyme, rosemary, whatever, cilantro, you know. So this book changed my whole thinking. And now I'm like, now I want to fucking farm. Now I want a goddamn farm, and everyone's laughing at me. And I'm like, yeah, but y'all laughed at me when I said I wanted to run a marathon, and I went and ran, what, five full marathons, 417 being my PR, by the way, So with broken toes and everything else. So it just, once I get my mind into something, it's just going to happen, and that's just what it is. Nothing's going to stop it, and the universe actually moves to make that happen. Now, on the flip side, when something is not for me, the universe will conspire and be like, this is not what the fuck we told you to do because, see, my ancestors cuss at me. And we're going to stop it right now. So I also made two very big purchases this year. I won't disclose what they are, but it was for family. It was out of love, and it was so that our family could have a good time. One of those purchases came out of the blue because last Saturday um, or last Sunday, I was talking to a guy, he was from Savannah, come to find out he's from Louisiana, something came through on Monday, Um, I signed paperwork for it on Tuesday, and that's in forward motion for, you know, whatever's going on for my birthday celebration this year in 2020, so it's just like, it was just a really good week, but yesterday was the best day ever, and I'm going to tell you why, because Monday, Sarah, my girlfriend that, you know, is like me, she tags me in a post, and she says, she just puts Denise, and it is the fact that Leah Pennyman, the author of the book Farming While Black, was going to be in Buffalo um, at a food pantry, uh, food shelter type uh, place, speaking on her book and speaking on things that are about indigenous and just black farming and things like that. So it just so happens that I was off yesterday. Now, as soon as I finish getting my hair done and I feel like Farrah Fawcett and I feel amazing, right, As soon as I'm finished getting my hair done, I have to go have a meeting about solar panels. That was, you know, something that happened. I was very excited to find out they were not as expensive as I thought, so on and forth, you know, and so it was a great meeting. As soon as I left that meeting, I had to go to a a meeting with the city. So I sat down and, you know, had to do that, and then we had new people coming in from the, the neighboring town. And so I left there, and I said, I have to go. At 7 o'clock. I drive like NASCAR, not speeding, but just, you know, just trying to get there to Buffalo. And her keynote speech was done supposedly at 8 o'clock. I got there at 7.35. I see people walking out of the building. And I brought my book because, you know, I'm groupie-ish with authors. And because it takes dedication to write a goddamn book. Like everybody has a story, but nobody can write the book. It's just it, it takes a lot that's why I made money being a ghostwriter because you can't nobody can just sit down and write a book unless it's really in you to be an author. 
so I see people coming out of the building, and I'm like, oh, my God, is she still in there? And they're like, yeah. And I said a little prayer before I got there. I said, please, God, just let me be able to meet her, see her energy, give her a hug, tell her thank you. And then I could feel the tears welling up in my eyes. I was like, I know I'm going to cry when I meet her because she wrote so much in this book, and it wasn't just about farming. I'm talking about she gave you pretty much the whole damn blueprint what you should be cropping, how you should be cropping it, when is harvest, when you should be planting, when you should be, like, everything, everything, every grant, like, from the USDA all the way down for farming, black farming, microloans, like, all that. It's in the book. So you have a lot of people that know information but don't want to tell you because they don't want you anywhere in their realm. This is not the case with Leah Pennyman. So she gave you the blueprint. Just get the land, right? So she goes into everything. She goes into the history. She goes into how the land was taken from the indigenous people, how the land was taken from the natives, how the land was taken, and now we have to buy back our own land. Like it's, The book is very emotional. So I'm just praying. I'm saying a little prayer while I'm, I'm in the car, and I'm like, please, just don't let her leave. Don't let the line be out the door. <laughs> like just I got to meet her. Like I have to. Like that's the type of shit I'm on. Right, So I don't really have any idols anymore, but I have people that I want to meet because I want to share space or I want to share energy with them. Right, So I get there, and he's like, oh, yeah, she's still in there. So I get in there, and they're wrapping everything up. News crews are leaving. I don't care about that. And I see her in the corner, and she's smiling, and she's only got a couple people there. And she must have brought a few books with her. Not me, honey. My book is all outlined, <laughs> you know, earmarked, everything. And I go up there, and I, I had a pen with me. I was ready. My, my phone was charged so I could get my picture. I looked crazy because I just <laughs> drove here like Dale Earnhardt, you know. So I get up to her, and I just, I just was very emotional. And I was like, I'm the one that's been tagging you and everything. And, you know, I sent you a DM about the book and about how it changed my mind. She's like, I don't even check that most of the time. I said, I figured that you didn't, you know what I mean? But I was like, I've been literally singing the praises for your book for months. So a lot of people that were in line, and I'm very, like, black people. Like, come on. Like, there was, like, three white girls in the line that have got the book. They had not read it. I'm breaking it all down to them. There was only one black girl that I saw with that book. And this is part of the problem, right? So, yeah, we should have food for everyone, but especially if you're going to be calling out systemic racism and, you know, people – not giving you a fair share, grow your own goddamn food. Then you don't have to worry about someone being racist towards you when it comes time for you to eat. At least be able to feed your family off your own land. I don't care if your backyard is small or not. We grew up with a garden. We did. Cucumbers, that's probably why, you know what I mean? Like cucumbers, tomatoes, just like little basic things. But my mom sewed our clothes. Like <clears throat> you have to understand that you guys are watching all this stuff with The Walking Dead and, like, everything's cool and that's all great. But, like, we have to talk about the fact that we have to be able at some point to sustain on our own land. No one else is going to be able to do it for us. And then we get mad at the white people for doing it, but when we have the opportunity just to even have a small garden, we don't do it. So I get there and I hug her, and it was like that Spider-Man meme where they're, like, pointing at each other. So I had the one girl was like, I'll take pictures because you're visibly, like, really excited about this. I'm like, yeah, she's a fellow author, but she's really knowing what the fuck she's talking about and trying to help people. And those are the people that end up going on and doing bigger and better and greater things. So I said to her, I was like, oh, my God, you know, so she's like, oh, my God, let me get up, you know. So I get a, you know, I get a hug, whatever. 
and we're talking, and we take a bunch of pictures, and I felt like that moment in Coming to America the, with Eddie Murphy when the guy sees him and he's at the basketball game, and he's like, uh, Prince Hakeem, and then he's like all so crazy, and he's like taking a picture with him, and he's like, this is a great honor. Like, that's how I felt. So she gives me her email. She invites me to come out to the farm um, up in New York because they do stuff for, like, new farmers, whatever, and I was telling her, I was like, no, nah, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and she's like, have you farmed before? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, no, I haven't, but we're going to figure it out. And she's like, listen, whenever you get to where it is you're going or whatever you get, invite me out, and I will come out, and I will help you. And that right there, like, you know, like, that's what it's about. You know, that's what it's about. Whenever you get your land or whatever it is you're trying to do or when you're getting your plots ready or whatever, whatever, invite me out. So she invited me to this one-week seminar up at Soul Fire Farm, and they do a lot of different activities and stuff like that for that. And she said they haven't scheduled them yet, but you already know I'm going to be going out there for an entire week. I do not care. So I know that that happened. So, like, yesterday, even with back-to-back meetings, even with everything, and it's so crazy because I just had conversations with a few people about having a little plot of land and having an urban garden and things like that, and even the land next to my parents' house and things like that, just using that, just to, especially since we're in food deserts. You guys, if you guys don't know what a food desert is, it means that a lot of us in the inner city neighborhoods, um, there's no place for us to get fresh fruit and vegetable. All we have are these like bodega-like stores that don't carry that type of stuff. So when we do have a farmer's market, nobody knows when it is, nobody knows where it is. I know, but it's just it's not something that we do here. Now, when I lived in Florida, it's very different, right? I didn't buy produce at you know, the grocery store. I bought it from the farmers at the farmer's market. Bushel of apples, five bucks. You know, lettuce. I, I'd be able to score a week's worth of fruit and vegetables for like $25. Here, I'd pay 50 okay, because we don't have, and, you know, and, I, and it's my fault because I don't travel out <clears throat> to Sanborn or to some of the places where they would have that because it's not worth the gas to me. So it's just like I may as well, you know what I mean, or you get out there and it's not open. Because they're family-owned and operated, they can close whenever they want. So for me, yesterday was just this complete day, and I I was talking to some of the people, and people were like, that's so crazy because you were just talking about her, Leah Pennyman. Uh, They were like, you were just talking about her last week. Um, You were just talking about her last week, and I was like, and you see, my girlfriend tagged me in that. You know what I'm saying? So now Sarah gets an extra special palette for uh, Christmas because had that not happened, like, so everything yesterday that happened to me was like an affirmation, but it also goes in coincidence with the number 222 and what that means, and it means that I'm on the right path. And I was just so, like, it just was the best day ever. And it ended with me sipping wine with one of my best buds and just having a conversation with one of my beloveds for the past, like, probably over a decade, just a conversation, and we were just talking about it's just it's nice to be able to put the weapons down and just everybody settle into who they really are as opposed to these fronting ass people that we have to portray when we go to work or when we're trying to be in a relationship with someone. Y'all know that I hate dating. I love being in love and I love falling in love. It's the best feeling in the world. But like dating for me is just it's it's not even because of my age. It's really because like y'all full of shit. Y'all really are and and. I really just don't have time to be sifting through certain things and just trying to figure out, like, don't try to impress me. Just be yourself. And if you can't be yourself, you have to be out of my face. So it ended 
with me talking to the beloved, us taking another step. Like, because here's the thing with me, y'all have to understand. I don't have, like, very much experience, like, with men. Like, I'll have a boyfriend, and then that's my boyfriend for, like, 20 years or, like, (laughs) 10 years, five years. Like, you know, it's never, like, oh, we just dated briefly. Like, that doesn't happen because I just don't even waste the time. And if I don't like you, it's nothing I could do. Now, all week, people have been coming out the woodwork, hey, hey, this is, like, the fifth unanswered text. I, You know, so it's kind of like when you're getting ready to go to the next phase, Not that they're demons, but your past will try to knock on your door. And if you open the door to your past, it's kind of like the universe says, oh, okay, she's not ready for all this we're about to give her. So you know what? Just let her keep sitting in, in, in door number two. We had door number four ready for her, but let her keep sitting in door number two. So I just learned to just not even, like, if it's not going to benefit me, if it's not going to push me forward, if it's not going to propel me to where I want to be or where I'm going to be, There's no need in me even entertaining it. Like, you know, back in the day I used to, like, talk to a dude just because I was bored or just because, oh, you know, I could eat. You want to go get something to eat? I could eat. No, I'm going to eat at home. I'm going to eat these noodles. I I don't, (laughs) like, I I just don't even have the time. And then yesterday I had the conversation about maintenance. So everybody always says, oh, how do you get your hair like that? Maintenance. I don't bother with it. I use my hair as a metaphor for life. If it's unhealthy, I cut it. Okay, sometimes you have to leave things alone for 6 to 12 months and then blow it out, you know, do it up and see how much you've grown. If you're constantly bothering your hair, just like if you're constantly bothering with people that you know have no business in your life, nothing's ever going to grow. And I think I'm in a place in my life, it's not even about forgiveness because this isn't forgiveness. It's if you're going to be in my life, there has to be a purpose. So even if the purpose is just to make me happy, you had to have maintained something with me at some point. And so people, especially men, I've had a lot of conversations with men lately, my friends alike, where y'all are getting old and y'all are getting sick and y'all are unhealthy and y'all are unhappy because you spent the majority of your 20s and 30s being ho-ass Negroes, right? Now your balls is hanging. They ain't got no surgery for that. See, a woman's titties can hang. They have a surgery for that. They don't have no surgery for your balls, okay? And so what ends up happening is is that you guys get to a certain age, and for me, I'm looking back to the earth, which is why farming is important to me, right? If it weren't for the fact that I had a growing boy in the house, and truth be told, my son was a vegetarian until he was six years old. When we were in Florida, my, my son wasn't eating meat like that, not at all. And when we came here, my mother was like, excuse me, you know, we live in the chicken wing capital of the world, okay? So, and we have some of the best food here, not for nothing. That's why everybody here gains weight so quickly and easily when they come home because there's good things to eat, but they're processed, they're, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it might not be good for you, not in any moderation at all. So you men are now getting to an age where you're getting sick and you're starting to realize you need people. Y'all spent your 20s and 30s having toxic relationships with people just like we all did. The women did too. But, see, for women, because we've been put in situations where we have to bounce back quickly anyway, we didn't stop because we can't afford to get sick because we already know y'all ain't coming for us to take care of us. So now you have to start looking at the sum total of the women that you men chose and the fact that can't half of them make a batch of chicken soup. Half of them don't know how to cure you from any of the illnesses you got. Half of them don't know how to, how to get your cholesterol down. Half of them don't know how to keep you healthy because if they loved you at all, that would have been on their first thing. 
we have to get to a place where, you know, my, my stepdad, you know, he's been a widow now for six years. My mother wasn't healthy when she passed, okay? She was healthy throughout her entire life. I think the last 10 years is when she really, you know, fell off, went off the deep end. And, you know, that's very sad to watch someone who is upon retirement and he's thinking he's retiring with his wife, right, and they're going to travel the world and they're going to do. That's why if you, you notice my stepdad is with me, like, all the time. Obviously, I don't need a babysitter because my son is a teenager now, but, you know, I take him with me because he's supposed to be traveling with my mom. He's supposed to be seeing all these things with my mom. So let him go and have a good time and hang out, and we all do what we do. So, you know, now that we're all getting to this age, yesterday was one of my best days because it closed having a conversation with someone that I've known for, what, 12 years, just finally getting to a place where we can sit down and have a family dinner, like finally getting to a place where we can break bread. Because for me, one of the ways that I, I show love is through food, right? So what better way to do that than if it was coming from my own land or coming from my own backyard, right? So not just that, it's just that's the way that we take care of people. So whether I'm making an elderberry tincture for someone that is having a upper respiratory issue or something like that, these are recipes that are handed down through my mother. My nieces come over here every every week, and they always say, what, what did grandma used to make? Is this her recipe? Is this, this, is this, this? That's why it's important. Like we, we were looking at that when we were coming into this age of feminism by saying women's place isn't always in the kitchen. No, it's not, but it's, it, it's helpful. <laughs> it was helpful when my mom used to tell me to get out of grown folks' business and go in the kitchen and help her. You understand what I'm saying? So just certain traditions that are passed down, that's a lot of what Leah Pennyman talks about in these books. And so you have to look at our men. You know, our men are getting prostate cancer, colon cancer, all these different things that maybe if we would have been feeding them a little bit better, if they would have been eating a little bit better, we'll put the responsibility on them, they'd have been eating a little bit better. These things may not have happened. Okay? So yesterday was just a great, great day um, just because from start to finish, it's like not even realizing my purpose because I know why I'm here. But I feel that a lot of you don't. So if you don't know what your purpose is, before you go start buying crystals and getting tarot card readings, and why don't you just sit in solitude for a minute and just ask? Just ask the universe. I swear, listen, if you just ask, they'd be like, oh, she ready now? Oh, okay. And they'll start showing you what you're supposed to be doing. And if you don't listen, they're going to fuck you up. So, like, for example, for whatever reason, it had came across that I should move to Vegas. I can't make this shit up. Spirit was like, yeah, Vegas is it. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. So I start making preparations to literally move cross-country to Las Vegas, looking at houses. Taxes are way cheaper. This is before I had bought uh, 716 CBD. Um, you guys can go on there, 716CBD.com. We are back up and running, merchandising, so we accept all major credit cards, PayPal, and Cash App. Um, which cannabis was going through a whole situation um, where the merchandising part of it, where we run our credit cards, a lot of places were getting booted off. So we actually still sustained for six, seven months after they booted us off in February of last year. We weren't the only company, and then they brought us back on because now the banking laws have changed, as I said they would. So I'm thinking that Spirit's telling me to move to Vegas. 
So I'm getting my son ready. We about to go out there so he can audition for a school. And just out of the blue, spirit just started whooping my ass. Finances all messed up, bills coming out of nowhere, legal issues, like all this crazy shit, right? And I'm like, but y'all told me Vegas. Next thing you know, we do end up doing something that had to do with Vegas. I'll leave it at that. We do end up doing something that had to do with Vegas, but it was on a smaller scale than what I thought I was originally being guided to do. So Vegas did happen. We did, you know, handle business out there in Vegas, but it wasn't in the capacity that I thought that I was being summoned for. You understand what I'm saying? So when they're, they put the idea in you, me, I take things and I take it 100%. I'm trying to go full-fledged. I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> buy everything and do everything, and sometimes that's not the purpose. But if you sit still long enough, you'll hear them and you'll understand what you're supposed to be doing. It is everyone's purpose to be able to take care of yourself and to be able to feed yourself and your family. That is your right. It is your right to be able to feed your family. If we don't own any land or if we don't even have, you know, a a small garden just to even grow your own vegetables, what are you going to do, you know, if this apocalypse that everyone thinks is coming (laughs) comes, if the zombies come? What are you going to do if, you know, they take away your benefits? You know what I'm saying? And you have nothing to eat. Meat is just, you know, that's on y'all. I don't I don't really necessarily need meat to live, but I definitely need food. I like meat here and there, okay? But it's not necessary for me. So as we start talking about, especially someone that just had fibroid tumors and cancerous tumors and things like that, we have to start looking back at, okay, what did I do that caused this, if, if anything at all, but what can I do to make sure I'm healthy? And part of that is just eating homegrown, eating better, right? Having a better mental health situation. That's not making us sick. Stress makes you sick. You know, so if we're not taking care of each other, if we're not taking care of our spouses, our mates, or our children, things like that, that's why obesity is so big. You think if you was eating a bunch of goddamn tomatoes and pieces of lettuce that you're just going to be obese like that? No, not unless you're adding the garbanzo beans and the cheese and, (laughs) and everything else. So really my my goal right now is just to be able to sustain, not so much off-grid, but to be able to sustain in the in the time of crisis. And it saves money. Why do you think people go out and hunt? My dad went out and used to hunt back in the day because a deer, if he could kill a deer, that feed us for a month, if not longer than that, that we don't got to go to the grocery store and buy meat. That's why people hunt. So I, trust me, me saying that I want to sustain off my own land doesn't mean that, that I won't eat a piece of meat. It just means that if I at least have fruit and vegetable and a pasta or something like that, I can eat. I can eat. And that's what Leah Pennyman was trying to do. So it's the, it's the whole adage of, you know, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. But if you teach him how to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. And I think that that's what she was trying to do. So make sure y'all go get her book, Farming While Black by Leah Pennyman. Um, it's on Amazon and Kindle, but you can also, it's at Barnes and Nobles. I got it at Barnes and Nobles. Um, it's a huge book. It's how many pages is this? It's, um, let me see. It's a, it's a real book because you know I hate pamphlets. Y'all be having, you know, sometimes y'all write books and it's really a pamphlet. Yeah, the book is over 300 pages. And, I mean, it, it literally, it's Soul Fire Farms Practical Guide to Liberation on the Land, right? And then that's something that you teach your children. And then let's also be clear, the average age of a farmer, if I'm not mistaken, is like 62 years old. So don't say like, oh, I'm in my 40s or I'm in my 50s, ain't nobody finna go do, why not? 
The average age of a farmer is 60-some years old. Why not? It's not too late. We're 20 years younger than them. It can be done, and it will be done. So, like I said, I just want to put that out there. I had the best day ever, the best meetings ever, meeting the best people ever. I feel better than ever. And I just feel like I'm the shit a little bit. Like, I feel like it's okay for me to, like, brag a little bit and be like, yeah, I met, you know, a a female black, a black female owner of a farm. She literally is a unicorn. And she's so sweet and she's so beautiful and her energy matches the words that she's writing. So I'm going to leave y'all with a little something, something. Actually, I don't, you know, I'm going to leave y'all with this. y'all i'll see y'all at church on sunday you know after all the foosball games go off much love y'all thank you